Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I have a few things to tell you about. The first one was uh, reported to me. There is someone who came to me and this person does a lot of gardening. A lot of, um, they their yard looks like a tropical paradise type of thing. And um, it's actually the husband who does all of this in his spare time. That's like his hobby. So he's always outside in the yard when he has his days off working out there, trimming his plants and his trees and all that kind of stuff. Well, what happened to him recently is he says he was out there and he was pulling weeds and doing all this and that. And he got what he felt like was like a um, a thorn or some type of splinter in his hand. So he looked at it and he saw it in there, but he figured he'll pull it out later on. He couldn't take the time out at that very moment because he didn't want to go inside and what this and that. And he said it didn't look to be that bad. So later on, he goes in and he tries to take that splinter out, but it's gone. So he figured, well, it came out during some time when I was out in the backyard. Okay, cool. So at night, now when he went to bed later on that night, he said, I felt something, not like a throbbing, but like something was moving in the area where that splinter was. So his first thought was, he better go and put some stuff on there because it might be an infection, might be getting infected. So he went, he got up and he went to go and get some hydrogen peroxide to put it on there. And he said, the splinter was back. So he he was saying, it's like the splinter went away and then it crawled its way back in the very same spot that it was in earlier. So he was like, hmm, okay. So he got the tweezers and he was pulling that splinter out and he said it put up a struggle like he could not get that thing out. So finally, he called his wife. She got up. Well, what in the world are you doing? He said, you gotta help me pull this splinter out. So she got those tweezers And with both hands, he said it took both hands on those tweezers to pull that thing out. So they pull it out, put it in the sink. Okay, it's done. And he said it kind of left like a, he said a little trail. Like if it came from a, a lower on his hand than he first believed, even though the splinter wasn't that long. So she goes back to bed. He's going to continue. He's going to put some hydrogen peroxide on there so it doesn't get infected. He said it wasn't bleeding though, all that stuff and it wasn't bleeding. So when he got his peroxide and put it on the cotton ball and he noticed that the splinter that they had removed was no longer in that spot of the sink. 
And he said, but you couldn't miss it because it was kind of like a grayish color. So what happened was that splinter had actually, ugh, okay, it actually like crawled its way. I'm getting goosebumps from the sink onto the counter. And he said, I stood there stunned and watched this thing moving. And he said it was moving almost like a worm. And every once in a while, it would stop and it would like raise up. Ugh, ugh. It just gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about this. He said, I didn't see anything that looked like it had any type of uh, legs, like centipede-style legs or anything. So he went to go and get a magnifying glass. And he said, from what he could see was this thing that looked like a splinter under the magnifying glass, he could see tiny little like tentacle looking things, almost like, you know, those little eyeball things that are on the the head like of a snail, how they got those little two antennas. He said it was like that, but so small, you could, you couldn't make them out unless you looked under like the magnifying glass. And when he saw it, it just made him sick. So he got a paper and pushed it back down into the sink and turned the water on so it could go down the drain. So that's the end of this little whatever it was. Then he shut the drain thing so that it couldn't crawl out. So he felt pretty confident with what he had done and he went back to bed. Even though the thought of that thing being in his body made him sick to think about it. And he said, that thing had to have gone further into my hand, maybe into my arm, during the time he didn't see it. So he doesn't know what it actually was. In the morning when he gets up, that thing had crawled out of the the hole in the sink that is there in case you leave the water running so that the sink doesn't overflow. Well, oh man, that thing had uh, crawled out of that hole and was attempting to crawl back onto the countertop. And he couldn't believe it. He didn't want to call his wife and tell her because he was just sickened. So finally what he did is he went to go and get some bug spray He sprayed that thing, and it didn't die. It didn't work. He stood there and watched it. It didn't even seem as if anything had happened. It wasn't injured. It didn't stop on its little path. So he finally had to go and get some paper, and he said, I flushed it. I didn't know what else to do at this point. So... When I think about that, that, that's something that you do when you're faced with a situation that you've never been in before, and you, you're faced with something that is unknown. 
I understand that. But at the same time, flushing that thing and knowing where the water goes is now making me feel kind of like it could be anywhere in the water system. What was this thing? As far as I know, with um, asking him and questioning him, is there any missing time? Once you felt that thing, did you, did you notice that you missed any time or that the time sped up or slowed down? Anything like that? Because I was thinking maybe it could be some sort of an implant. I, I don't know. Nope. No missing time. No nothing. He's like, not that I know about, he said, but it it's not like this happened at uh, 12 noon. And then the next thing I remember, it was five or even two o'clock. He said, no, not that I can, uh, can tell you, no, as far as his thoughts and feelings are. But just the fact now <laughs> that um, that thing could be anywhere is enough to just make me not turn on the tap ever, ever again. <laughs> so um, I don't know. But if I was given a, okay, tell me what you really, really think it could be. Give me your only, whatever it is, your only thought, your first thought. Now it's me grasping at straws pretty much. I would say that this thing is not a uh, any type of biological type of life form. I don't believe that uh, it sounds to me like it's any type of life form, but more like a some sort of technological device. The other thing about this is I really don't know if it happened to him when he was out in his garden or if that's just when he discovered it. We've got people all the time telling us about missing time and things like this. And a lot of people don't even realize it's happened until years later. They'll come and say, I never realized this, but back in 2018, such and such happened to me and I was missing time. I had this incident. So I'm thinking that that is what happened here. The other thing is, I know what I said about the water and this and that, but this device, I'm going to call it a device, I believe was not meant for anyone else. It was meant for him. Besides being, probably being there longer than he realized, the entry point could have been anywhere. It could have been in his body for any length of time. We don't know. But it was meant for him. So once this was removed, taken out, I believe that it only had a certain amount of time before it's just going to be like um, out of charge, out of battery, whatever you want to call it. 
I don't know anything else, really, that it could be. It just defies every other type of thing that I've ever heard of. I had someone telling me, well, maybe being out there and this and that, maybe it was maggots and this and that. No, because maggots eat dead flesh and that was not a maggot. But anyhow, it's, it's very mysterious. And it just goes to show you there are so many things that happen on a daily basis to people that we don't know about until someone comes forward and uh, talks about these things and shares these type of things. I would be really, I'm going to have a more in-depth conversation with this person in the future because I'd be willing to bet that he has had some sort of um, encounters. Maybe he doesn't realize what it was. And um, I've just be, I'm very curious about this now. Yes, I believe that that thing, well, I, I'm not going to say battery operated, but yeah, I believe that there was only a certain length of time when it could be out of its host body, which was him, that it would be able to still function. So whatever it was, like I said, I think it's a device. It's probably just uh, nothing anymore. I urge everyone, if you have any type of thing, if you see any type of creepy crawly, whatever it is, and you're going to dispose of it, Please don't put it down the sink, down any drain, in the shower, flush it. Uh, Don't do anything like that. I probably would have taken it out and stepped on it and mashed it into the ground to see. I know that the first thing is, ooh, I got to get rid of this. I'm just going to flush it. No. I probably... Would have, if I have the bravery to pick it up in a piece of paper, I would have taken it outside and mashed it to the ground. And it's also, it also sounds, because of the, the difficulty of removing this thing, like it had things, it, like it wasn't a smooth object. Like it had things on it that had, that's why they had to pry it out of him. The other strange thing is that he didn't bleed. Even though this thing had to be pried out. So that's why I don't believe that it was any type of uh, living organism. This was something else in my own personal belief. But I'm going to have a more in-depth conversation with this person as soon as I can and see if I can find out any more information, and then that way we'll have a better idea of what this thing really was. I'm telling you guys, man, there is like so much weird stuff out there, and it's pretty unbelievable sometimes. I would have liked to see that thing too, but the the thought of it, you know, I have that visual of that thing like raising up, just makes me like, I got goosebumps. All right. The other thing that I want to um, tell you about is 
I was at work yesterday and I was having a conversation with this person who started telling me, see, this person, when, when he comes in, he reads. He doesn't, I mean, he'll talk and chat, but the majority of the time he's there, he reads. And it almost seems to not matter what it is. It'll be a car magazine, a house beautiful magazine, anything. So I was uh, just making some conversation and I said, do you read novels? And he said, yeah, I read novels um, sometimes. He said, "Um, I used to like to read, you know, and then he started naming some different authors. And one of them was uh, Dean Coons, who... I'm very, I'm very familiar with Dean Coons. I always read him and Stephen King when I was growing up. They were like two of my favorites. So he folds his magazine up and he says, you know, I was reading a book. I was at home. And who did he? Oh, it was a book by... Um, I think he said John Saul. I'm familiar with John Saul, but I've never read anything by him. I guess he, he writes kind of like um, in the same way like uh, Stephen King, but not as, I mean, nobody writes like Stephen King, but in that same type of deal. So he said... Uh, I was at home, and he said, and this particular book was a paperback. I mean, um, I'm sorry, a hardcover. He said, so I was there, and he has a library at his house. He has like an office library thing. And he says, uh, so I was sitting in there, and I was reading. And all of a sudden, something dropped out of the book. He said, I, I don't have any anything in there like no uh, bookmark thing or anything. He said, but something fell out of my book, dropped onto the floor. And because when it dropped onto the floor, it kind of sounded like something of that had some weight behind it. He said, like maybe a marble. So he looked and he said, whatever this thing was, ran and ran into the hall closet. Oh, okay, now I'm getting creeped out again. And I was standing there looking at him like, for one thing, I never expected this type of thing to come from him. I just, he just astonished me. I mean, I was not ready for this. And he was just matter of factly, he was telling me this story. So this, whatever it was, ran into the hall closet, which is adjacent to my library. And I'm just looking at him. I don't know what to say. And he's dead serious, looking right in my eyes. And he says, I got up and I opened that hall closet door because it went underneath in a little little gap. He said, I opened that door. I didn't see anything. He started taking everything out of the hall closet. And he said, "Uh, there's really nothing on the floor there. We just use it mainly for a coat closet when people will come over He said, so 
there's not a whole lot. So he started taking stuff out, whatever was hanging up, he took it out, he got flashlight and looked around in that closet to see if what, where anything could have gone. I asked him, I said, well, you know, just to, just to um, start asking maybe some silly questions because I know that if you leave books around for a while in certain locations, you'll get these things called silverfish that for some reason like paper. I said, I asked him, do you think that maybe it could have been a silverfish? And he said, not the way it sounded when it hit the floor. He said, uh, and then the way it ran. He said, this thing looked almost like a tiny little stick person from what I could see from the corner of my eye. He said, because I was pretty shocked. Yeah, um, where do I go with this, guys? So he goes in. He said, and no uh, time passed. He said, I didn't wait like minutes. I got right up, went to that whole closet. There's nothing on the floor, but he started taking any coats and jackets out, whatever was hanging in there anyhow. Got the flashlight, looked around, nothing. He said, so what, whatever this was, he's like, I don't know where it could have gone. He said, do you? Can you um, figure some kind of explanation for what this might have been and where it might have gone? Which, um, in my own opinion, I told him, well, if it can remain as flat as it was when you were reading that book, because you didn't feel any bump in there or else you would have investigated. You would have turned that page and said, well, what's that bump down there? But there was nothing like that. And when you're reading a real book, like a lot of us don't really do very often anymore, there are certain things that you'll notice. Like when people turn the, instead of using a bookmark, they'll like bend the tip of the page and this and that. What do they call it? Rabbit ear or dog ear or whatever the heck. You know, you'll feel that little bump or it'll be lifted a little bit. But there was nothing like that. So it's like if that thing could be that flat where you couldn't notice it in a book, then I'm pretty sure it could be that flat perhaps to go between the floor and baseboard. But what it was and why, why would anything remain in a book? And he said, well, maybe it was the content of the book. Maybe it was uh, because it was like a more type of paranormal book I was reading. So by saying that, here we go again. So that leads me to believe, well, then you're, you're saying to me that because of the material. Now, you have perhaps conjured something unknowingly, and I'm using the word conjure loosely because it's, it's not like we necessarily have to do certain things to make things happen like this. It can be things that maybe you're reading, things that you're researching, and you can have an experience. So 
while I'm saying conjuring, it's just for lack of a better word right now. So that is really the only explanation that, uh, I mean, I don't know. How long was that thing in there? It's anyone's guess. How did it get in there? Who put it in there, if anyone did? Where did you get this book? Where do you, where do you keep this book? Did someone give it to you? The only thing about this book is that he bought this book at a used bookstore. That's the only thing. So it was almost like, oh, okay. Bought it at a used bookstore. So when we do things like this, we never know. We never know what type of environment that this was kept in. We never know the type of person who bought this book. Or even if they ever read it, they don't necessarily have ever had to have read it. So that, that opens up the possibilities. But now, just like uh, one of the other stories I told you about a couple weeks ago, when this thing disappeared to wherever it disappeared to, does that mean that it's still in the house? I, you know, that's a 50-50. And, and I know that's the easy way out, but it really is. The only thing that I, I could say is if you notice things happening, if you, things happen that never happened before, even sounds, I'm, I'm talking about pretty, you know, just what people would call benign incidents, sounds, even if you have different scents now, smells uh, and uh, things like that, those are all things to be aware of and just to move things that have been moved, things that are missing, whatever the, the case may be. You just got to keep an eye on all that. And he was so serious and he said, oh, okay, he was just, like taking this all like, okay. And he said, um, what about, uh, what do you think that would affect animal behavior or this and that? Because I have uh, dogs, you know, a couple of dogs and this and that was possible. And I just told him anything that I could that I know of. And he said, okay. And then he started asking me about other family members. Would this also apply to other family members? Might some of them or all of them have experiences also because of this. Yes, it's a possibility. Yes, they might notice things. So it's going to be interesting to see if anything happens, if anything comes of this. I'm kind, I mean, I don't want to be overly optimistic and say, oh no, it's just one of those one time things. See, but I feel like no. I don't, uh, it doesn't feel to me like anything's going to come of this, but I cannot say this with 100% certainty. I don't even know what in the world this thing could have been. Just the thought of something like that running, ugh, that's the worst part. Even if a marble would have rolled out of that book, Okay, and you know that's impossible. If there's a marble between the pages of your book, you're going to know. 
unless there's a hole cut out. But if I'm reading a book, and even if it was a marble, I would have been pretty much like better with that than something running. Just the running thing is creepy to me. So I picture like this little, I can't even, I've got goosebumps right now and I'm sitting in the sun. But um, yeah, I picture one of those little stick people made out of popsicle sticks. But he indicated to me that this thing was maybe a half an inch. It wasn't tall at all. It was about half an inch. He said it was a bitty thing. So those are just, I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff out there. All right. The next thing that I want to tell you about actually happened out of state. I I am acquainted with someone who lives in a different state. It's kind of like um kind of like in the south, I guess you could call it. I don't know, some people call it back east. I don't know if it's back east or in the south. But anyhow, this person um was telling me this is just this past week that she said, you know, okay, this is what happened. I was going to bed. It was dark. And I guess they've been having some weather. They, you know, they've been having some rain and uh, already kind of wintry weather there where she lives. So she says, uh, so I was going to bed. And all of a sudden, there were these bright lights. She said, when I first saw it, it just kind of went on like a car light, but then it stayed on. And she said the light was blinding because she was going to sleep. Her eyes were closed. The lights went on like suddenly. And when she tried to open her eyes, the lights were just so bright. They were blinding. So she put her hand like to block out the light. Then she got out of bed and she was going to go and look from the side. Like she was going to go look out the window, but from the side, not just full on because she couldn't. The next thing she knew, she was waking up. So she said she passed out. All right, but this is the other thing, guys. This house where her bedroom is is upstairs. This is not on the ground floor where this took place. If it would have been a helicopter, she would have heard a helicopter noise. She said there was no noise. It was cold outside. It was. Um, it had been raining all day. And yet, she said, um, so the lights were in the window. She says she passed out. When she woke up 12 hours later. And she has a raised scar behind her left ear. 
that she never had before. She said I was uh, rubbing my head and, you know, rubbing the side like of your neck and she felt something. And as she felt that, and then she went to go and look in the mirror. Now she has a raised scar back there, almost like a keloid type of scar, not really huge, but, and you know, it's raised. So here we go again. What was that? And she doesn't say, I mean, that, that's how she described it. She said she passed out. So she felt herself passing out. I don't know, and she doesn't know if it was from fear or if it was induced. She said, I, I don't know. All I know is that I passed out and I woke up 12 hours later with that scar behind her ear. So just what is going on? What is going on out here? I told you guys, and this happened to me more than once. I didn't have any missing time. I went to bed. I woke up in the morning getting ready to go to work. And my left eyelid was a little puffy. Okay, whatever. I really didn't pay attention. So I got ready. I went to work. And during the day, that eyelid started getting puffier. Just the top one. And I was like, man, look at this. When the heck happened? Maybe something bit me. So later on that evening, it, the puffiness started to go down. It went, the puffiness went all the way down. By the next day, it's not puffy anymore. But there was a little thing in my eyelid that was like a tiny rock. That's the only way I can describe it. It was like this tiny rock where I could even like pick up my eyelid and I could feel this thing in there. So I figured, well, whatever bit me, maybe it was like a stinger or something in there that was left behind. This thing was in my eyelid for... Man, I don't even remember, but it was a long time. Maybe a year, maybe almost a year, maybe longer. I mean, it's been a, a few years ago that this happened. So what I did one day was I got a, a little tiny flashlight, one of those types that you can keep on your key ring. It's just like a little silver itty bitty flashlight, but it has a a pretty high beam. And I pulled my eyelid and I put that flashlight so that I could determine if this object was solid or not. But the flashlight actually, you could see the, in, the light from the entire lid. So it was like maybe it was a fluid filled something, even though it was hard, but it wasn't solid. So not too long after that, it started getting smaller and smaller until it just disappeared. Maybe like some sort of a cyst. The only thing about this is that years ago, I don't remember how old I was. I'm just going to say I was a teenager, but I'm not sure. I had the same thing happen. I had this 
thing on my eyelid. And I think it was the, at that, the first time, I believe it was the right eyelid. I had this thing and it's on the top eyelid that just appeared one day and never went away. And it was the same. So it felt solid. It was um, not circular. It was more like a, uh, it had a little bit of length to it. Maybe, well, it's in my eyelid. It wasn't very long, although it was not a circle. It was more like a long type of, can't say oblong because it wasn't that long. Mom is going to go ahead and say oblong because you, you know what I mean. And it was in an up and down thing. It wasn't going across my eyelid. It was more like up and down. I couldn't feel anything when I would blink or anything like that, but I could vaguely see it. I could see the outline of it because, you know, your eyelid skin is very thin. And I would pick it up, same thing. I could manipulate it. I could feel it. I don't know what the heck this was. And this thing, the first time, was with me for years. That thing was there for at least uh, two, maybe even three years. I just got used to it. I remember I would put makeup on and I would see it and uh, okay, whatever. Until one day, it disappeared. And it didn't disappear slowly like the second time. The second time was like it was deflating and disappeared slowly. This thing was there one day and gone the next. I do not recall any incident at all. I can't tell you guys that I had this missing time. I had an encounter and then the next thing I know, I was back in my bed and I had this bump in my eye. I cannot tell you that because I have nothing like that happen. Not even in a vague memory. Nothing. No missing time. But it's just kind of uh, strange where this happens to many people. I don't know about the eyelid things, but uh, people having experiences and they can't explain them or why or what. And the next thing you know, you've got some kind of scar, discoloration, bump in your body, on your body. Something's changed. Something's been altered. But there are also stories of people who have had um, maybe certain types of cancers, maybe certain types of tumors, and then they've had an encounter and it's like in a dream state. These people have described being in a sort of dream or what they thought was a dream. And then the next thing they know, their cancer is gone or their tumor is gone. There are quite a few reports about things like this. So I cannot explain what these things are with 100% confidence but it just seems that they all have um, a lot of similarities. 
I never saw any bright lights like uh, she did, uh, things like that. And now that raised scar, how long is that going to take to go away? And what happened? What actually happened? So all of these things, I just, I monitor them. I just keep my finger like on all of these to see if anything, if any of these go any further. And then I will, of course, I will let you know. But as far as right now, a lot of, uh, a lot of things that happen don't necessarily have to be what we consider to be spooky in the, in the way that we normally think. Because there are many different types of uh, creepy or spooky, whatever you want to call it. There are many different types. And we have to look at them all. If we want to be well-rounded in this field of paranormal, we have to consider all aspects of it. Of course, a lot of us, we branch off into different things that we prefer. I'm going to tell you, I really prefer, well, you know what? I guess I prefer all of it, come to think about it. Nowadays, I used to be just uh, a one-way ticket. Just tell me about the hauntings. Tell me about your haunted house, your experience, your this and that with uh, whatever you want to call them. Unknown entities of the paranormal kind, which I never used to consider ufology or anything like that paranormal, even though I change my mind these days and I, I do know that it is. Because it's kind of like not your everyday type of uh, incident. So I'll keep my eye on those. And there's uh, something that I want to tell you about. You probably already know because you guys are really aware of these type of things. But coming up now on the 13th of this month is where things really start to heat up. The 13th, as we know, is an occultic number that they use a lot. Now we're getting closer to the 31st. And so this is usually when a lot of animals will go missing, mainly cats, as well as children. And just people, for that matter, will seem to uh, go missing. And that is because... The 31st is a blood ritual day, actually the 30th. It's a, and that's why. The sacrifices of animals, people, male, female, children, adult, it, it doesn't matter. So as we get closer, it's going to, you know, we, we really got to keep our eye on the children and just be very aware because it's not only kids, but since they are more helpless than um, most adults, we have to um, protect all the children. So just be aware of that. And uh, I will be talking more about that next time I come on, which I'm going to try for tomorrow, but it might be, oh no, it's going to have to be tomorrow. Okay, so um, I'm going to try for tomorrow. If not, 
then I'm going to have to wait until Friday. So I'm going to try to be back, okay, tomorrow, which will be Monday. So um, we'll get into that because it's uh, it's kind of important also. There's something that uh, someone said to me when we're dealing with um, people who engage in this type of thing. They engage in blood ritual sacrifices and so on, and they sacrifice to their their entities and things like this. And we know that this exists, and we know that some of them are actually entertainers and politicians and people like this, people in higher places of society, people of celebrity and uh, status, whatever you want to call them. Someone said, yeah, they think that they're doing it these days, you know, because they got all this money and fame and power and so on and so on. And um, the key phrase they said to me was, but you know what? Stop, drop, and roll doesn't work in hell. (laughs) I kind of liked that. I said, you know, I'm going to copy you. I'm going to use that. So I think about that. Right now at this time, especially coming up on the 13th. All right. So thanks a lot, guys. And I will be talking to you soon. Have a great Sunday. It's a beautiful day here in the neighborhood. (laughs) Ciao.